The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Drivers, start your Wrap in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. But since I'm on probation, I suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well. If you could talk about racing things, we could talk about racing things. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Zeeb. Welcome to another edition of the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I, of course, am Rod Gomez. He, of course, is Cody Zeeb and... I promised Cody in the in the Discord channel that I was just going to kick off the show and, and let Cody just go to town because, ugh, what a weekend of racing we had. <laughs> there were some spills, there were some chills, and uh, there were some untimely cautions that uh, ha- have some folks uh, scratching their heads and, and throwing their hands up in disgust. But, Cody, buddy, this is a safe space. We- we're here for you, my friend. Well... A cardboard sign possibly determined this year's champion in NASCAR. What are you fucking kidding me? Like, first of all, we saw this in NASCAR and we saw this in F1. Why are there signs on the side of the track that can become on the track? What, first of all, what are we doing? Have we not learned our lesson? Yeah, great. It led to an awesome Sargento cheese sponsorship for Balicki earlier in the year after he drove around half the track with a sign on the front of his car. But maybe we should have realized then. Let's not have signs on the track. Then there's no video footage. There's all these TV cameras there. Not once I've not seen one single camera angle of how this cardboard sign ends up on the track, how long it was on the track, because Chase Bisco says it was on the track for 20 laps. Denny Hamlin says he thinks it was on the track before the end of the second stage, in which case could have been removed after the stage end and not been an issue. There's four laps left. Why are we throwing the caution flag? Like, I get there's debris on the track, but if it's already been there, what are we doing? And just, oh man, sometimes I am a big backer of NASCAR. I don't like to shit talk on NASCAR a lot, but sometimes it's deserved. And I think right now is one of those times. Like sometimes they take this from being a sport to being the fucking bachelor. Like that's not what this is. It's not a fucking reality show. And none of these drivers know how to race on a road course. Every time we see this, this is the third, fourth time Chase Elliott has had a Max Verstappen lead on a road course. And then he gets ass fucked on a restart because they just drive in there like it's NASCAR Thunder 2004 and just smash everybody up. Like there was what, like 47 spins on one of those caution laps? Like, what were we even trying to drive the track? Or are we just playing bumper cars? Like, what the hell's going on? So I, I don't understand. And from a betting aspect, I'm extremely pissed off because obviously my bets didn't cash. But 
even from a fan aspect, that's not fun to watch. Like, and I'm team chaos. We've talked about this before. I like a little chaos. I like some stuff to get shaken up, but this determined who made the playoffs, who missed the playoffs. It, it determined who wins a race, who loses a race. These bonus points might come in, in the play down the road. Like what, what are we doing here, Rod? I don't understand what the hell happened on Sunday. Well, let's just back it up to even Saturday, too, because Saturday had its fair share of nonsense at the end as well. I mean, there was a, a couple of cautions that probably didn't need to be called uh, and, and really ultimately shook that race up. Obviously, more in our favor than on Sunday. But look, you're absolutely right in that one, that sign, who knows? Like, honestly, all of a sudden, it just was like sign gate and popped up out of absolutely nowhere. So... I mean, again, if if that was happening, I just want to see the video footage of Joe Gibbs running out there with the sign and <laughs> setting it on the track, and then not okay. Now the sign's on the track. How's that sign attached? Is there like a nail sticking out of it? Is it gonna pop somebody's tire? Like, at what point? I mean, is there staples in it? Is it just glue? Like, it's kind of off the racing surface a little bit, anyways. Like, there's only four laps left. They have to pass it four times. Do we really need to stop the race for this? But it, and if you and if you're correct, and if the people that are correct that are talking about this, as far as it being out there on the track almost the whole time, you're absolutely right. If it's out there for forty, you know, thirty, forty laps before even anybody decides to want to make any noise out of it, I mean, why, why now? Why with four laps to right. go? Why when I you get, know? Because I get, I get. If there's debris on the track, yeah, you can't have a cardboard sign sit on the track. But if it's been out there for 20 laps for 30 laps since before the last caution then let's not stop it with four laps to go just because it's quote-unquote boring because chase elliott's the best road course racer in the world and killing everybody like we all predicted and we're all about to cash our bets on and it's like come on man and then it just it doesn't lead to a, a true result like christopher bell was nowhere to be found all day now he could be the champion because of a fucking cardboard sign in the middle of a track. Like how great for Christopher Bell took advantage. You know, they made the right pits strategy call. He did what he needed to do. He won the race. That's fine on him. And that's not his fault. I don't blame him for that, but there should have never been a situation where that was put into play. Now you got guys like Kyle Larson misses the chance to go back to back. You know, he's one of the better drivers in the world right now. Could he get to three, four championships down the road? end up with six and could have had seven, but a cardboard sign cost it to him. I'm not saying that's going to happen because it's unlikely, but there's so many things that a cardboard sign should not have affected. What These are the two F1 and NASCAR are the two biggest racing entities in the world. And we have cardboard signs on racetracks, both races on Sunday. What, what, what are we doing? Well, and I'm going to go back to a point that you just made, too, before that. I mean, sign be damned, whatever that was, that restart was about the most insane thing. You're right. I don't understand why they can't just figure out that five wide on that track is not a good idea. I mean, well, it's it's but it's like it's the only way to race now. Like that we've seen it before on road courses, like same thing happened at the Indy road course. Like everybody just sends it into turn one. Like <laughs> Why are we do? What are we doing? I, I just, I don't understand. It's like, these guys are supposed to be the best stock car racers in the world. And I get for half of them, they don't have a shot in hell other than if there is just complete total chaos. So I guess that's what you got to do. But 
come on, man. Yeah, it just again was not the most way, the most uh, uh, efficient way to end a race for sure. And yeah, I mean, a lot of the tickets were not cashed because of that. I know, obviously, Cody, we talked about it a lot, not just on the show, but in the in the Discord as well. That this is the biggest bet you place every single year, and I, I got to say, from a betting aspect, watching the last couple of laps, I mean. I, I was I was gunning for AJ at that point if there was nothing else going on. Uh, if if Dude, Elliot was out, come but. on, AJ. Like you're not in the playoffs and you're racing that way. I, you know, like in overtime. I don't know. I get that you're just chasing your trophies or whatever, but maybe have a little respect for those around you. Yeah, I hope that comes back to bite him next year because that that was kind of uncalled for the way he raced. I thought at the end, but he'll be full time. But yeah, I, I mean. Man, I, I don't know. And then, like, it's the whole thing leading up to it, too. We'll just get into it. We talked about it last week. The William Byron penalty review was going to be on Thursday. I said on the show I thought I was almost certain it would be overturned because it was being reviewed by a non-NASCAR. It's not like the NFL where they hand down a thing and then Roger Goodell's the one who, like, you know, reviews the, the appeal or whatever. Like, yeah, well, I already told you this, so I'm going to stick with this. Like, like, no, Dad, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Like, <laughs> this is a separate appeals panel, so they overturn it. Why? Why are we waiting a week during the playoffs? It's something that affects. Like, William Byron is again has made the playoffs because of that penalty being rescinded. But wouldn't people have raced differently at the week before at Talladega? Wouldn't they have raced differently if they knew the point situation? Like, why are we? giving points back why do we have to wait a week and a half for an appeal like hey here's the penalty on monday or tuesday okay thursday or friday here's the ruling like wh what do we dig into the deepest confines of of the real tape we had to roll through all of it and see exactly what happened like it's all digital it's there like let's make a decision we're affecting the playoffs going forward we're affecting who our champion could be because we we don't come on man i like we just need to have some consistency in here. I don't understand any of what went on over the past week in NASCAR. I'm just, yeah. You could have found that footage on YouTube. It's that simple from your phone. Yeah, it's like two seconds after it happens. It's on Twitter. Like, it was on Twitter before the TV broadcast had it. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, you know what happened. You know you didn't. First of all, you should have caught it during the race. So you fucked up there. But since you didn't. Like, okay, you give out the penalty, that's fine, but why do we have to wait a week and a half to appeal it? Like, we already know, we don't have to build a case. We're not going to go talk to Bob and Linda and see, you know, what they heard the neighbors say. Like, we got all the facts right here. Like, let's go talk about this. Like, and it affects the playoff. Like, th that'd be like all of a sudden them being like, oh, hey, the Mets last night, just kidding. Like, that was a strike. And so the seven runs he scored in the sixth inning didn't count. So actually the Mets are now in the divisional series this weekend. Like that doesn't make any sense. What are we doing? Like, come on, NASCAR, you got to be better. Yeah. It, it, it's in moments like that. I think you made a perfect point right at the outset. Like I understand that the drama and the controversy sells and that it's sexy and that it keeps your name in the paper and your reality based sport is become a reality-based sport, and, and it, it got to stop. I mean, you know, football's got enough of that going on, too, with itself. Like, I, I understand this is the culture we live in now where everything's got to be bright and shiny, but let's go back to where what happens on the track happens on the track, and that's where the focus is. You don't need to try to drum up 
news by, you know, throwing a caution. Like, I don't know if it was a race director who finally saw the sign that everybody was saying or whatever, but it just, it, well, it does it, have to stop. It, no, it's, oh, this race is getting boring. Chase Elliott's running away with another road course. Like, we got to do something. Oh, my goodness, there's a sign on the track. Oh, how do we not see that? Hit the yellow, hit the yellow. Now we're going to have chaos. There's going to be a red flag. We'll extend this by two hours. Come on, man. Like, I love advertisers. Thank you to our advertisers. Advertising is great. Support them. But let's not put the cardboard signs in the grass where they can get hit and moved. Like, just place them differently. Put billboards up or something. I, I don't know. Come on, man. Or, or like, <laughs> you drive around and you see all of the digital signs all over the place. Why are we not putting yes. digital signs on the side there of the There we tracks? go. Like, like, there is a million other options besides we have to place this in the grass where somebody is most likely going to get dumped and spun into and it's going to end up on the track or on the front of a car. We see it every single race, every single time. Like, why do we still do I, And it's every road course everywhere. And it's not, again, not just NASCAR. Like, F1 does it like why get them out of the way like they're gonna they're not doing any good they're gonna be a problem like let's eliminate problems before they happen I, I don't understand it just man and it's Christopher Bell again <laughs> he won at the Daytona road course last year and if you remember that race Chase Elliott had like a 27 second lead and then there's a late caution he gets wrecked and Christopher Bell wins so now he's got two of his three career wins or whatever are on bogus late cautions where you know chaos ensues and he happens to win and again a win is a win so i'm not going to take that away from them they did what they needed to do props to them i mean it fell in their lap but it literally shaped the entire scape of scope of the playoffs i believe two drivers that were in the playoff in the round of eight at the time be, ended up going out of the round of eight and shaking i mean they could have been the champions like what if kyle larson wins at phoenix now like he could have been the champion, but we don't get that because a fucking cardboard sign. Like, man, it just it sucks. I'm I'm gonna can somebody who is much more savvy at computer stuff than I make me a a gif or a meme or some sort of anything with Cody just going ballistic, saying no more paper signs. That's I'll, you know the wire. Stop hangers. killing trees and giving us these cardboard signs. No and more. Just make them digital and somewhere else. No more. Uh, all right. Speaking of advertisers, <sighs> let's 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 give, <laughs> let's give Cody a chance to catch his breath, and we'll step away uh, before we break down our bets from the weekend. Because believe it or not, we actually did make some bets, and we actually hit some bets. Hey, we had a great weekend. Saturday. Great Saturday. We were gonna have. We had a great, amazing Sunday until the last five laps. Exactly. Well, let's break that down after the break. Cody, catch your breath. I got your back, buddy. <laughs> you thinking of joining WinBet? <laughs> Now's the perfect time. Customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. If you're looking to join the WinBet Biggest Winner Club, yeah, you are. Whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds-wise gets a $1,000 free bet. Last week, someone turned a $6 into 4 thousand dollars plus they got a free one thousand dollar bet i'm not good at math but that's that's a pretty decent chunk of money win bet truly is for you hashtag dgens only folks out there 
So much to choose from. All you got to do, head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Again, we did have a fantastic Saturday. It was the... <gasps> Drive for the Cure 250 presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of North Carolina Xfinity race on the Charlotte Motor Speedway road course. Uh, You know, the thing about this race was a lot like its predecessor. It had some highs. It had some lows. uh, But ultimately, the good guys won. And um, yeah, we did actually cash a pretty decent amount of bets in this one. And uh, it was pretty interesting, too. Uh, A couple, like like I said, late cautions made this even more interesting um, and really helped. Our, our winner win the race, but uh, I guess, Cody, I'll, I'll quit bearing the lead. Uh, AJ Allmendinger now, back-to-back Xfinity race winners. Looking more and more like this kid's going to be able to get there and finish this thing out, huh? Yeah, it's, uh, man, he's on a tear right now, That that's for sure. And like we usually talk about with Chase Elliott being so streaky, like Allmendinger seems like a pretty streaky guy. Like you, he wears his emotions on his sleeve big time. Like you can tell, and when things get rolling like that, going to be hard to slow that down we're down to the final four races in xfinity we're down to the final four races in the cup series and so this is so we're into eight drivers and eight drivers for cup and xfinity if you win now you are locked into the final four in phoenix for the championship and again if, if you're newer to nascar you don't know how it works like we've had all these playoff points roll over all this jazz and stuff but once you're into the final four whoever finishes the best of those four drivers in that race is the champion Hopefully no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm not going to say that right now because you never know what kind of crap they're going to come up with. But uh, but that's how it is. And in the history of this format, that driver has also always won the race. I think we could see that be different this year because everything else has been different this year. Um, but yeah, so, so at this point, now these next three races, which are Las Vegas this weekend, I believe, and then Homestead, two mile and a half in a row. That's kind of crazy. And then Martinsville. Um, if you win any of those three races, if you're one of those eight guys, automatically punch your ticket to the final four with a chance for that championship win. So, um, but yeah, Almondinger, man, been on a tear, uh, two in a row, four, four in a row at the Roval now in Xfinity. Is that correct? Indeed. That is uh, it. He He's almost undefeated. Back back. Undefeated. Yeah. Undefeated and all. Yeah. Four for four in his starts there. Almost did it on Sunday in the cup race. Uh, I mean, Honestly, he may have beat Elliott straight up if it not been for waiting so long to come to pit road. Even TV was pointing that out. Like, what are they doing? And then it was just like a huge, huge gap there. Uh, Reddit kind of took himself out of contention um, on their pit stop because they had a bunch of issues until obviously the green-white checkered when the entire field had a chance to win. But uh, (laughs) again, we knew we were going to have to pay for that non-chaos at uh, Talladega sometime. And I guess... This weekend was was the time. <laughs> Met our maker on that one. Uh, all right, but we did start off really well. I mean, there was a lot of green in this instant for us, uh, and it started out with you, actually. One of your head-to-heads cashed very easily, right? Yeah, Josh Berry over uh, Fade Daniel Hemrick. Again, just going to keep hitting it, which, you know, news, Daniel Hemrick back in the 11 car next year. So they want to go ahead and let us keep cashing bets in the next year. Appreciate that. Thank you, colleague. I'm guessing they maybe are just betting the same thing and it's paying off for them. So why not keep him in the car so you can keep betting against him, I guess. But uh, Josh Berry over Daniel Hemrick. 
Barry was eighth, Hemrick 17th. This was at plus money too, plus 100, which just seemed absolutely crazy. Um, and, and so, yeah, this this was a no-brainer to me. First one that jumped off the books and uh, and easily cashless. Yep, it was good. And I'll just tell you that it did not bode well for my Hemrick top three bet. Uh, I bet earlier in that. Wasn't looking bad at the end of stage two when everybody's flipping stages. Hemrick ended up shooting up to sixth at the end of that stage. But, of course, when you flip stages, you got to come to the pits eventually, and that's pretty much what happened. And Hemrick was never a top three car all day long like he had been before on this racetrack and just a victim of circumstance. So I, I'm not going to – I'm just going to say, good job, Cody. And Hamrick was not a top three car. but I, I tried to tell you, Rod. You know, a lot of times I'll just ride with you because you know what you're talking about. But I don't know what you're thinking on this one. I, but, I uh, don't know. It was plus 425. I figured a sprinkle yeah. wouldn't kill you. Hey, hey, and shit, going forward, maybe, maybe we need to paint two versions of road course races from now on. One where things end normally and Chase Elliott wins every time. <laughs> and one where it's just absolute chaos and you just take a bunch of long shots to win because you know, whoever survives the carnage in the last eight restarts is going to win. He's going to get it. Who knows? But uh, on the Daniel Hemrick note too, he was eliminated uh, from the playoffs. So we will not have back-to-back champion in the cup series or the Xfinity series because Hemrick obviously won one at last year, despite being so horrible. <laughs> I mean, you know, and again, the playoffs, all you gotta do is get to that race. He finally got his first and probably only career win, but it at the right time at well and again it, this is a season full of absolute nuttiness so why not keep it rolling why with a new champion i mean 20 exactly. different winners <laughs> if we can get there like who knows it's crazy but um all right you had uh your next one cash as well yes aj allmendinger over uh ty gibbs minus 135 this was a little closer uh, first and second place but again uh allmendinger you know that was the route to go and you I liked it in this head-to-head bet, and then like after you talked about it and brought it up, I just kept thinking more and more. And so when I wrote my Garage Guy article later in the week, I just went all in on Almondinger. I said throw a few units on it, sprinkle a couple long shots in case chaos ensues, of course. But it seemed like nobody was going to be able to beat Almondinger. That was the case. Um, and so yeah, at only minus one thirty-five over Gibbs. Again, we know how good Gibbs is, and there were some times during that race where I didn't feel super confident in that. Um, but at the end, Almondinger, you know, obviously takes the win. Gibbs finishes second. So cash that head to head. 25 laps led for AJ, 24 for Ty. It was, again, those two cars with the. Neck and uh, neck, yeah. Yeah, with Sheldon Creed all being in the mix too there for a little bit. But yeah, it was those two cars, especially in that restart. That was it. AJ just needed to bump and bang a little bit on Ty to get around. I, I mean, the line was back and forth. It was, it was Ty just jumping out after those restarts to a huge lead. All AJ needed was a good start, and he finally got one when it counted and got it at the end, so pretty happy about that. Yep. Uh, speaking of Creed, <laughs> oh, that guy, he's going to be super heated after this one. Um, I had Man. I had Sam Mayer over uh, Sheldon Creed. This one wasn't looking good for a while because Creed, obviously, like I said, leading 18 laps, he was, he was in there. He was in the mix for a better part of that race uh, until he got into the 0-2 um, and, and damn near got himself – even more if he would have <laughs> once he got hit by the o2 he was a man on a mission like he was driving back up through the field hunting for the o2 man he wanted yeah, that's uh <laughs> he obviously cooler minds prevailed a spotter you could hear saying don't do anything stupid don't do anything stupid because he was about to go just wreck the uh dog crap out of him but uh 
yeah, he, he was fired up as he should have been. I mean, you know, you just get dumped like that. Man, sucks for Sheldon. It's been a year of great cars, great runs, just unable to finish them ever. It really sucks for him, uh, but worked out on your side of the bet. Uh, Mayer, again, has been just getting quietly better and better and better. And another solid run from him and good enough to cover that one. Yep. Uh, Mayor 11th, Sheldon Creed 16th in the final standings. But, yeah, again, this one wasn't hitting until Sheldon Creed got hit. <laughs> hey, so that's that's when it counts. So uh, next up for me, I had Noah Gragson over Justin Allgaier. This one looked a little sketchy kind of going into the start of the race. Gragson had to start at the back. Um, I think it was in qual or was it practice? I don't remember if it was practice or qualifying. I think it was qualifying. Wrecked his car and uh, – so started at the back of the, the race, um, but ran a hell of a race and was kind of up there in the mix at the end. Ends up with the third place, Allgaier fifth. So he had a good day as well. Um, and I had talked about that with Allgaier. He's had quite a few good runs, but then he had some really bad runs. So it was just inconsistency from him on the finishes. Ended up getting a good finish, but luckily Gregson finished over him. Uh, so minus 120 in that head-to-head, and that one hit as well. Still cannot slow that guy down for the life of you. You can try, but he is not slowing down for anybody right now. Yeah, uh, dude. The I mean, granted, I think both championship battles are going to be great in Cup and Xfinity. But between Gregson, Almondinger, Gibbs, and even Allgaier too, like, and then these other guys aren't slouches either that are in that final eight with them. But those four guys, those guys are all tough. Can win any, each and any weekend. It's going to be a slugfest through the rest of the season for these guys. I agree. Uh, well, my head-to-head that was a slugfest that ultimately did not end up in my favor, Brandon Jones over James Davison, which we actually had talked about Davison being uh, that that dude just new on the scene, jumping in for this race. That was at plus 100, where the, the final caution gave us the opportunity to have the overall winner. It definitely cost the opportunity for Brandon Jones uh, to, to beat Davison. It was literally them one or next to each other on the restart there, and uh, Jones did not get the the jump that he needed to get around the forty five car. Uh, so the nineteen ultimately just could not get there. And look for what they finished; it was even closer than it needed to be. Davidson actually got himself a nice fourth place finish. Uh, Brandon Jones finished in seventh. So really, it was just between Allgaier and uh, Alex uh, LeBay that those two guys got in the middle of, of uh, Jones and Davidson and prevented Jones from keeping himself in the mix up there. But Brandon Jones was running well all day long. Just a, a fantastic run by that seven car. Uh, very happy with what it was. Uh, I wish he would have ended up with a better finish, but, um, you know, hats off to that 19 team. Yeah, he, he's been running really well just in general lately. Uh, has himself in the final eight cars um, with, with a chance to put himself in the final four. Davison, kind of a surprise. I had given him out as my long shot just because he was 20 to 1, because he was in that Gibbs 18 car. Fourth place for a for a 20 to 1 bet. Can't complain too much about that. I also had Austin Hill, 7 to 1. Um, looked decent at the start of the race, running pretty decently. And then I think it was power steering pump issues and, and just never was able to recover from that. Ended up 29th. Uh luckily for him, had a good enough cushion to to be able to advance into the round of eight that didn't cost him like it did some cup drivers but uh yeah home dinger obviously your bet was the way to go indeed we'll talk about power steering in a little bit but yeah dinger was yeah. my pick to win i told you plus 200 wasn't sexy but 
Sometimes winning money is just sexy enough as it is, right? So a plus 200 still won you double on what you put in. So I can't necessarily knock it for, for what it was worth. And again, it really, I mean, it took every bit of the last couple of restarts for it to happen. But, you know, this was one where I, I would have probably still felt okay, obviously, because of the fact that he was up there just about every single time. Well, he was up there every single time fighting it through with Gibbs. And, and it just took that one last restart for him to just lean on Gibbs enough to get him out of position and and for Almendinger to take the lead and, and not look back. And I mean, again, how can you not like this dude and how can you not like his celebrations at the end? Like, pure and raw emotion. You could just tell that the guy absolutely lives and breathes for what he does. And that's two straight. That's four straight at the Roval. I mean, he almost had it in the cup. But yeah, it's just... I know, I saw a tweet from somebody earlier, and I don't remember exactly who it is, but they said, will you quit, quit trying to make Almondinger a good cup driver? And and I'm like, well, look, man, yeah, he's he's probably not going to be top tier yet, and, and he did struggle when he was a full-timer now, but I think the broadcast said it perfectly in that he's a lot different driver than he was back then, and I think he understands things a lot more now. You put him in a, in a college car, you put him in that 16 car full-time next season, you're kind of be in for some good races this year or next year rather. Yeah. And if you know anything about Almendinger's story, I mean, he was a Penske development driver. Like he was going to be the next car, I think in the, or the next guy in like the 12 car might've had a chance to be in the two car. Like he was on his way up and coming. And then there were some issues with some drugs and stuff in there. Got suspended from NASCAR, kind of got kicked out for a little while, came back, but he was never on a top tier team. He was winning. I think he won two races in JTG cars, which have were not that great, especially in the old version of the car. And yeah, road courses obviously are his specialty. Now, do I think he's a lock to get into the playoffs? That was a, the big talk last week after like there's six road courses. Is he a lock to get it? Well, Chase Elliott's by far the best road course racer in NASCAR. He didn't win any of the six road courses this year. So is he a lock to get in? No. Is he going to have a good chance to win one of those six? Yeah, he almost won a Coda. He almost won this week. Like he shows up each and every week and he's good at them. But is he going to be a decent road course or decent racer on other tracks? Yeah, he's proven now in the Xfinity series. He can win on ovals and decent equipment like Colleague. Is Colleague Hendrick in the Cup series? No. Justin Haley's had some good runs this season. Been good at super speedways. Almendinger's good at super speedways. Is he going to have a fine Cup season? Yeah, I think so for sure. I don't think he's, you know, the next Kyle Larson or something. No, of course, he's an older guy. He's coming back into the sport. But is he going to provide stability for that car on a pretty good team that has a lot of money? Matt Colleg is one of two billionaire owners in NASCAR. Michael Jordan and Matt Colleg, like, are billionaire. I don't know if I said billion or million, but billionaire owners. They've got money, so they can do things with it. And he's going to be a fine driver in the Cup Series. And obviously six times a year at road courses, he's going to have a really good chance to win. He's proven that. Well, I mean, I've already adopted him as my favorite Xfinity driver, so I might as well just go ahead and pick him as a cup driver next year and start from scratch again with uh, with him. And, you know, we'll talk about it in the in the cup series, but, yeah, definitely somebody who, who you want to cheer for, especially with a story like that. I'm all for the underdog. I'm all for the guy that's coming back from, from hardship and, and actually turning his life around because it seems like there's not enough of that in this world, so... Um, all right, let's step away, Cody. We're, we're put the Xfinity race in the books, and we'll turn our attention to the bets for the uh, for the Cup race 
But before we do, if you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone Plus games in 4K at no extra charge. You get over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable watch on all your devices never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based dvr plus no contract no commitment cancel at any time my favorite kind of deal right now you can try fubo tv free for seven days and get 15 percent off your first month just go to fubotv.com slash sgp that's f-u-b-o-t-v.com slash sgp Tons of stats we throw out on a weekly basis here at the SGPN from football to baseball to basketball to NASCAR to everything that you can follow under the sun. We got stats for them. And where do we get most of our stats? Well, we get them from oddstrader.com. Why? Because it's the place to compare odds from all the major sports books. Plus, you can compare different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books to get the greatest deal ever. Plus, you also get player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, literally going to make you the most informed better i don't even know if there's anything bigger than the universe but that's what it's going to do plus it's also got a bet tracker so you can keep track of all your games and betting activity you want handicapping you want play-by-play updates you want the live scores and the bet tracking you want player statistics key game statistics projected game day weather and the bet tracker that allows you to keep track of all the stuff that you do yeah you do go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire oddstrader.com slash blue wire oddstrader the number one site for all of your game day bets well, we hate to say it, but we didn't necessarily need Odds Trader on Sunday to keep track of all of our game day bets because, first of all, we would have been scribbling like madmen. I'm, I'm glad we're not doing the chisel and, and stone anymore because uh, we would have broken a lot of a lot of stone tablets on Sunday. But yeah, again, that last restart basically chucked everything uh, out the window for a lot of bets, but uh, actually was a blessing in disguise for a few more. So. We'll just go over some of these bets that we had. <laughs> yeah, if, if you cash anything, I, I mean, props to you. You know, we saw I saw uh, someone on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. Had Almondinger and Bell to win parlayed. So the, hell yeah, congrats to you. I mean, if you hit bets like that, that's great. I I do want to say that if you had Bell, congrats to you. If you hit a bet because of the chaos, that's part of it, and, and you win some that way, and you lose some that way. I was specifically was on the losing side of a lot of those this weekend because three of my bets were cashing until four laps to go. When that caution came out, that did not cash. Um, that's just how it goes. Again, we talk about it time and time again. It is gambling for a reason, and, and that's going to happen. So unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, we'll start off. Chase Elliott, top five, minus 150. Lock of the century, right? I mean, he was in... <laughs> And I said this when I talked about this bet. He was in the top five in all five road course races. And two of them, he didn't, you know, finish because one, he had a problem. And the other one was a late race restart where he got spun out from second place. Obviously, you know what happened here. Uh, Elliot top five minus 150. I will take that bet on a road course for him each and every time it's offered. Obviously did not cash this time for reasons we've already talked about. But uh, I would do this one again and was a great bet, obviously. I mean, obviously things, you know, throughout the the stages and stuff kind of shake up a lot because there's a lot of strategy. You know, guys are staying out for stage points and all of that. But he was in the top three most of the day. You know, I think he started ninth, um, but worked his way up there, got up into the top three, pulled the pit strategy right, got the lead, ran away like Max Verstappen. 
And then, of course, the, the late race caution obviously just costs him. But, uh, yeah, I, I would bet this one uh, 100 out of the next 100 times on a road course. You know, I knew I knew the rest of the field was in trouble when he decided to go for the win and not for the stage points. That was that was right Man, then oh. and there, right? Like, I knew because they were even talking about it a little bit earlier. They were like, well, what's Elliot going to do? Is he going to try to go for the stage points? And then once he stayed out... I was like, Cody's got this locked. Cause talk I, about a talk about a sweat, man. Because they're talking about it on the on the TV broadcast. Whoever it was, I think it was Latart said. Well, Gustafson said if they have a chance to get a stage point or the playoff point to help him get to the final four, they're just gonna take it. And I'm like, no, he's like it's setting up perfectly. Like he's gonna win the second stage, which is not gonna give him a chance to win this race because you could not pass under green at the track. Like. I'm like, oh my God, no. And they're like, is he going to pin? And all of a sudden he veers in the pits. I'm like, oh yes, thank you, baby Jesus. Like, oh, he pitted. And then, you know, the green flag pit stops later. It works out perfect. Like he comes down early and they're saying how that's a good thing. It's going to be an advantage. Almondinger stays out. Then Reddick comes down. He has a problem. Like there's a spot. And then, you know, they got the little tracker there and the nines coming around. I'm like, oh, he's going to way past Almondinger. Like it never looked back. And then, you know, he didn't. He's run away with it. And, ugh. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> it was rough. Uh, I don't think I've ever been so mad about a race. Like, I, I don't blame man. you. I mean, honestly, Just, look from a, from a standpoint of you knew what you'd the, expect. The cardboard sign possibly have been there for twenty laps. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really hope some video comes out where somebody has a video of it, like way before earlier on. Because then, I mean, it's just gonna make me more mad. But I want to see it just to. <laughs> you know, back up my madness. <laughs> back, give me more of a reason for my anger. We we live in a society where we want proof to be mad and, and you get even more mad. Why I'm so angry. <laughs> Somebody, for the love of God, give Cody proof. I want to see. I want to see your cell phone video with, you know, 30 <laughs> laps to go and show me the cardboard sign on the track. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of, uh, of being mad, I, I had Logano over Suarez in this uh, in this head-to-head, uh, and I took the Logano side of it, obviously. Now, look, Daniel Suarez was killing life. Like, he was doing very well for himself on this track, and God forbid we saw another power steering thing happen on a road course, and we saw A.J. Allmendinger have to power through this, too, on Indy, and you saw how absolutely just exhausted he was. Wait, was it Indy that... No, Indy was the cool suit. Uh... Sonoma was his, was Sonoma the, uh, was his power, power steering. steering yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> poor guy. He got through so much. Uh, but yeah, Suarez, man, that dude was a just, he was mad. Mad the whole time because he couldn't come in. Obviously, they were trying to, to nurse that car along for points. Uh, but it, I mean, I should have brought it in almost immediately. He, I don't think, I don't think anything would have come of it any differently. Uh, and in fact, could have stood a better chance of actually being in the playoffs now. Had they brought well, it in that's earlier. the thing. Uh, that's the thing, though. He was he still was going to be in. Like he was still going to make it. I think. I want to say he was still to the good before the late cautions. Well, I can't remember exactly all the scenarios. I know Larson got totally fucked because of the caution. But yeah, just man, he he, ugh, and you could just hear it. I mean, he could not handle it, and he he tweeted out today. Um, about how he needed a little time to recover physically and emotionally after yesterday. Uh, what looked to be an easy race to transfer to the next round became the most difficult race he'd ever done in his life. His hands, wrists, arms, elbows, shoulders, upper and lower back were extremely exhausted. Uh, not many people could have raced like that. He couldn't just give up for himself and the team. 
left everything out there. Obviously, thanked you know Track House and and all Daniel's amigos and all of that. But man, again, just uh, oh, and it sucks too because these aren't parts the teams are making. Like they're buying these from a vendor and they're failing. And this is the second time, if you remember back at Coda, he was dominating that race. I think he you know led most of the stage one, most of stage two. And then it was something similar to this that cost him. His teammate luckily won that race for him, but now it comes into play here and costs him, you know, a, like he said, he came in with a pretty comfortable margin and, and ends up leaving eliminated because of a problem really out of their control. I mean, not much you can do when a power steering pump goes out. It's just in mechanical failures are part of it and they always have been, but it, it sucks for, for a team like that. And a guy like that, that that's come so far and, was so close to getting another round of eight. He sure as hell was. I and again, I wouldn't have been mad if this bet hadn't cashed, but obviously circumstances being what they were, happy to see the green in that one instead. So uh yep. sad for Daniel Suarez, but uh Joey Logano uh pulling it out. Let's see, where did Joey Logano finish? Not yeah, and he not had, Joey ended up coming out starting on the pole. Yeah, uh, looked really good. He led the first a lot of laps. I don't have it right in front of me, but he led a lot of laps at the start. Yeah. So uh, he looked really good. So that was a good call by you. Obviously, easy cash once uh, Suarez had his issue. I also had Suarez in a bet. I had him beating Denny Hamlin, which I think there was no doubt that this would have cashed and hap- and done it. Uh, Hamlin ends up finishing 13th again. Luck of the late race cautions. Like Kyle Busch, you know, we've talked about how unlucky he's been this season. He finishes third. Pure luck by that. I mean, he was nowhere close to the front at any point during that race. Uh, to get a third place finish out of it was great for him, but but yeah, Denny Hamlin ends up finishing thirteenth. Suarez thirty six with the problems, but again, Toyotas did not look good at all on the road course. Yet again, I understand a Toyota won the race, yes, because of a pit caution or because of that late caution, because of the restarts, because they came and took tires. And again, props to them, props to Adam Stevens, great calls. And great execution by them, and he still had to go up there and pass for the lead, and you know, take it from Harvick and and win the race, and he did it. And congratulations to him. But Toyota looked bad on road courses again. Something I'm going to be looking forward to next year, going into the road courses. Now maybe they'll have figured something off, you know, out in the off season. But until we see otherwise, I'm going to keep fading Toyotas at road courses, especially big names like Denny Hamlin. You don't see Denny Hamlin matched up against Daniel Suarez much because. On an oval track, Denny's going to beat him most of the time. But on a road course, it's been the opposite. And Suarez, again, was looking good. And then the issue. So it didn't cash for that reason. But I think the reasoning behind it was good. And I would make this bet again as well. Absolutely. Um, All right. Your next bet uh, was a top 10 bet as well. Yes. uh, Todd Gillen, top 10, plus 800. Again, kind of a long shot. And you'd think with all the chaos, maybe this would have had a better chance. But... uh, he was part of the late chaos, ends up 30th. He wasn't necessarily – there was a point, I think he was running like 14th for a little while. And I was like, okay, you know, maybe he's got a shot at this. But then he just kind of got shuffled back. He ended up being one of those cars, gets spun late, and, and ends up nowhere near the top 10. Just kind of a long shot stab I, I was throwing out there because I was so confident I was going to hit, uh, you know, three of these other bets that I was hitting all of with four laps to go. But that's, you know, another conversation. Rewind. <laughs> Just go back about 15 seconds. Every 15 seconds, catch Cody talking about how much he hated that. Um, all right, well, I threw a, a stab out there, a plus 700 stab, uh, that Harvick was going to finish as the top forward. 
Guess what? Harvick finished in the top four at plus seven hundred. That was uh, that was oh, a lot man, of fun. Oh man, I totally missed that one. Yeah, damn, Harvick Rod finishes at the top four. Plus seven hundred, nice. Seven hundred, I love it. Yeah, and in fact, he almost won the whole damn thing were it not for that uh, was shocking. My yeah. goodness, where he just kind of came out of nowhere. Again, I mean, it was just a shit show at the end, but. Damn, yeah, I had totally missed that that you hit that one. Damn. Started twenty second, oh. found his way all the way up to second by the end of that race. And look, this was this was in trouble. This took all every bit of the last few cautions because Busher was there, Briscoe was there, and both of those guys were sort of looking like they were going to be uh, in and around the top four. And and you know, Logano leading twenty seven laps in that first stage, it was like, well, okay, Logano's going to probably end up being the top four in this, but. Obviously, you know, he got shuffled around. Pit strategies were what they were. Um, but, yeah, Kevin Harvick, man, just steady climbed the entire race. Just basically put himself together a, a fantastic. Listen, in at the end of, end of stage two, Burton was the top Ford. Logano, Briscoe, Blaney, Sindrick, Custer. He, uh, Harvick was 15th and not even one of the top six Fords in, in the end of stage two. So hats off to Kevin for just muscling through, finding his way to a, a, a top two finish and cashing this top Ford bet at plus 700. Yeah, and props to you on hitting. That's a big one, a seven to one on a top Ford like that. That, Yeah, I was so pissed off about the rest of it. I hadn't even looked that far forward, but uh, can, congrats to you on hitting that. Uh, another one that was winning with four laps to go, winning car number zero to nine, minus 115. I mean, this looked great from multiple angles. Tyler Reddick was up there all day in the eight car. Chase Elliott, obviously, in the nine car. Almondinger looked like maybe he was going to spoil that party. Even uh, Kevin Harvick at the end there in the number four car, uh, giving it a run. Again, you know, Kyle Larson obviously didn't have a Kyle Larson type of day. We'll talk about that more in a minute, but he was another car that could have been up there uh, in this number range. And uh, I... Ugh. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Another one I was cost late because of stupid cardboard. But uh, it is what it is. <laughs> Cody's so sick. So sick. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to use cardboard again in my life. I'll spell. <laughs> I'm so mad at cardboard. <laughs> I'll spell the anger with a dinger top 10 at plus 150. Uh, I, I This was so well priced as far as it wasn't. It wasn't an underdog, but it wasn't a huge underdog because obviously Almondinger being what he was, he finished fourth. Had an opportunity. He led 24 laps in this race. And again, were not for pit strategy. I don't know why he did not come in when he didn't come in. He would have won this race going away if he had just come in earlier. He didn't need to stay out. They they really just should have come in with Reddick when the Reddick came in. Uh, yeah, it just should have cost him. But again, still managed a fourth place finish. Not bad for a cup. We didn't pick him to win this race. So we didn't need him to finish anything higher than than ninth or tenth and we got that out of dinger so we were happy with that yeah this was a great call by you again at plus money this might have been a good bet at, at minus money even a little bit like you know looking back like why would dinger not be at a top 10 here especially as well as he's done in the xfinity series here and i think that the the pit strategy call might have been a little bit of showing you the difference in a, an organization like hendrick and an organization like colleague because i heard somebody say after the fact that Colleague didn't think they were within the, the fuel window yet. And so, uh, I mean, the mathematics and stuff that goes into all that stuff and the, you know, all the data and all the stuff they have is crazy. And obviously Hendrick felt they were comfortable enough to, to be able to get it and make it through there. 
um, Colic didn't, and so that could have been, you know, just part of, of that gap there where Hendrick has so much more technology and experience and that stuff. Um, but yeah, Almendinger easily could have won this race, and then again late, you know, uh, could have won it again after the restarts and all of that. Um, so yeah, top ten was a no brainer. Plus one fifty, yeah, huge huge call by you there, and a great hit. All right, and then we know you're one winner, so we don't have to hash through that one. You did give out a long shot, which actually yeah. didn't look bad either, right? I mean, it, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Chase Elliott, obviously five to one. We already hit on that a million times. Austin Cendrick, fifteen to one. Looking back, uh, probably should have realized he was going to race more for points rather than the win. Uh, that ended up not panning out for him, although it looked like a good move until even late. I mean, he ended up being one of those cars that spun and really cost himself there at the end. But uh, I think he, I think I heard that he would have been the first rookie to ever make the round of eight, which would have been very impressive. And he was extremely close, should have made it. He was having a pretty good day. Um, I don't know that he was really in contention to win all day. 15 to one again. Um, I would make that bet again because I think he's a, he's a solid road course racer and can put himself in position. And, you know, we saw it with Christopher Bell, that late call. I mean, that could have very easily been an Austin Zendrick deciding, Hey, let's go get these tires. Let's go for it all. And he could have wheeled his way up there that way as well. So at 15 to one, um, I, I would make it again. This may, this may and have at five to one. I would make chase Elliott again. Well, on every road course, just so you know, next year there's six road courses. I'm picking to win all six of them. And he's going to win at least three of them next year. I'm going to call it right now. <laughs> Calling his shot. Circle, circle this time uh, and come back and clip this out. Later. I was going to say, go ahead and clip that one out. Mark, mark that down. Uh, Cody is now pointing toward uh, left field and or right field, rather, and saying that's that's where he's hitting it. Uh, all right. Well, so I picked Ross Chastain to win Group C. Chastain didn't even win Group Double Z. So I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, yeah. I mean, he had a good run going, and then it just went to hell. Uh, ended up finishing what second to last. Uh, what did his What did his problem end up being? Was it a? It was his a toe link or was his? Yeah, yeah. his was a toe link. He knocked it clean out, man. That that wheel, that right was it front right or a rear right wheel was yeah, just right rear. I think it was yeah, yeah, just out. And he ends up, uh, you know, still making the the fine the round of eight as well. Close though, he was watching those yeah. those points he chip was, away. He was real close. Yeah. Luckily. Uh, you know, obviously not damaged in an accident that caused the yellow. So no, no time clock. They were able to take it behind the wall, fix it, get it back out there and hold enough positions to move them on. But yeah, I mean, again, can't predict a failure like that really. So I, I think that from what we've seen from these track house cars, what we've seen from Chastain and Suarez on, on super speedway or not super speedways, well that too, but, but on road courses this year, I think this was a good bet at the odds you got it at. Didn't yeah. quite pan out, but it no, was a crazy weekend. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, my winner didn't pan out either. I had Kyle Larson at plus 800. We all know what happened to him. Just a, a just terrible, terrible day for, Man, for Kyle. Just so sad, Kendrick, too. They, they, were, they felt like they were so comfortable on points, and they were. And then all hell breaks loose. Mm -hmm. All hell breaks loose, and then he just watches as everybody starts passing him by, and then that last restart screwed everything up. He was like one point off of the cut line and then literally the other side around one point off the cut line. So uh, you feel bad for Kyle Larson. You saw it in his face. He definitely was not very thrilled with life. Chase Elliott, not very thrilled with life. Christopher Bell, happiest guy in the world. So uh, <laughs> good good on you if you bet him. That wasn't even on any of our radars uh, and maybe should have been. But, you know, again, 
that that we've been witnessed t- week in and week out to just absolute madness in NASCAR, and uh, we <laughs> was not any different this week. Yeah, and now now we're going back to a mile and a half where we just saw it absolute madness a couple weeks ago in texas so yep to vegas we go in and be ready for it <laughs> vegas baby luxury suite for us as we uh you know spend the sgpn dime heading out i'm just kidding we don't i wish we would that not be- this year maybe next year we'll <laughs> yeah, see <laughs> yeah that'd be great i know well I, we'll, we'll talk to the bosses you guys got to get our numbers up even more and and we'll do that you, you know we'll we'll prove to the bosses that we deserve to go to vegas for it um, yeah, exactly. A mile and uh, a half, 400-mile race, 267 laps uh, happening, obviously, this Sunday. So we're we're back to the cookie-cutter track, but again, nothing's cookie-cutter this season. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, we'll obviously get into it on the betting preview, but are we going to see blown tires? We're going to see guys randomly spinning out. I think all of that is coming. Uh, I'm going to be ready for a little bit more of a chaotic race again. So, you know, it'll probably be just a normal race where one guy leads every lap since it's been the opposite of whatever we're planning for here lately, but uh, is what it is. A couple, a couple other things to note real quick. Alex Bowman is on the entry list in the 48 car. Uh, Noah Gregson was scheduled to drive the 16 car for colleague. Colleague has AJ Allmendinger on the entry list in the 16 car, most likely leading you to believe that there will be a driver change. And I, I don't see a reason that Bowman comes back um at any point this year I, I don't think it would be very smart i'm not a doctor but at this point you probably just sit out the rest of the year and you know make sure you're healed up and ready to go and, and give yourself a full opportunity next year um so something to keep an eye on you know maybe we'll have news by the time we record either the the betting show or the dfs show on that officially but i would imagine we'll see gregson in that car once again uh kurt bush potentially getting some news in the next week or so there was a little bit of teasing going on out there. Um, so hopefully it's not him retiring. Hopefully it's him coming back next year. He was at the track this weekend. Um, obviously the tra- the race was in Charlotte where the teams are based uh, and he was sitting on the pit box. So, you know, good to see him back out and in, in the noise, in the action, at least not in the car, obviously, but uh, hopefully that means leading to good things. And then, NASCAR's uh, reviewing data from the number 41 car because I don't know if you saw this, but so like on the back stretch of the oval portion of things in the last lap, it looked like maybe he slowed down a lot. And then all of a sudden the 14 car goes barreling past like four cars and ends up getting his way into the final eight cars. Uh, so they're going to review, you know, tell whatever, tell telemetry or whatever that is data and then listen to the spotter and make sure the spotter didn't say or the crew chief didn't say hey you know make sure the four car or 14 gets around you whatever they did say whatever comes from it will not affect the round of eight so it's not going to be like a jeff gordon thing where they add an extra playoff spot it's not going to be they take the 14 out so so briscoe is in the round of eight he's going to stay in the round of eight but nascar is going to look into it and make sure but again that's what teammates are for, right? I mean, hold them up, get in the way, let them go. Whatever. That's, you know, again, we can, we can talk more about that if NASCAR decides to make a decision. Um, but yeah, it's just something to note in case you've seen any of that stuff. They are reviewing it, but it will not affect the playoffs. Um, and, and then again, three races in this round, you win any of them, you're automatically locked in. 
Um, so that's going to be huge. You get Chase Elliott with a 31-point cushion. Again, not a full mulligan, but a cushion when we've seen him use it every round this this uh, one. And then it's Joey Logano in second. He only has an 11-point cushion over over the, the cut line. Um, you got Chastain and Bell are currently in the top four. And then Blaney, Byron, Hamlin, and Briscoe. Briscoe is nine points out. Um, so it's a very, very close. It's, it's going to be important to win. If you can win at a race like Las Vegas, it does not matter what happens those next two races. And how many times have we seen it matter? Every single point has mattered to these guys throughout the regular season. Any stage wins and playoff points, any win and playoff points has come in huge handy. You know, it's come in very good for them. Chase Elliott won at Talladega. Didn't have to worry about this past weekend, which is good because he ends up finishing back in the 20s. I mean, that could have cost him big time after having a bad finish at Texas as well. So it's going to be important for these these eight specifically to try and win that race at Las Vegas this weekend. And I think it's going to be a fun battle to watch. Absolutely. 14 getting called to the Stewart's uh, office to to review. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, just a little F1. Uh, little look little back F1. at uh, somebody. Uh, you, you talk about Kurt Busch. He actually has won here already. Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, Alex Bowman, uh, Logano, Truex, some of the, the past winners at Vegas. So you talked about Bowman uh, not being in. Obviously, the spring winner will not be able to repeat uh, because he's probably just not going to be back this season. So um, definitely not something I think we expect. So. Um, all right, we'll talk about that in the betting episode, but let's put the recap episode to bed. And, uh, Cody, we'll give you another opportunity to sleep on uh, <laughs> just a frustrating betting weekend overall. Oh, man. It just, again, go back and listen to the rant at the beginning. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what else to say about it, but it is what it is. A piece of cardboard potentially has decided our championship ending and, and – you know, it's amazing, but hit, oh well. Hit Cody up. For a hit, hit Cody up in in Discord. Find out what his Venmo is. Buy him a beer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he needs he needs a few. Give him a hug. All the help I can get. Give him a hug. We'll be he'll be fine. We'll we'll make it, it happen. We had a good day Saturday, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna catch big this weekend at Vegas, anyways. So that's all right. I said I felt good going into last weekend. We were right on track. Four laps to go. Not much you can do. It's out of our control. Like they say. Rearview mirror smaller than the front windshield. Looking forward now. We got got all of the Roval out of our system on to Vegas now, baby. Let's go make some money. We'll be up 500 by midnight. So, uh, all right, Cody, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? Yep, you can follow me on Twitter, at Husker underscore Zeeb. All my work is there. Got all kinds of stuff over there. Swept my uh, Garage Guys article this weekend. Every bet in there hit, including a tailing rod on the Almondinger to win. So thanks for talking me into that. Um, but yeah, find all my work there. Leave us a rating and review. Those help out big time. Uh, help help the bosses know to keep us around. And uh, so you can listen to me rant when, when NASCAR fucks everything up again. <laughs> I'm going to just clip that out and just play it over and over again. I just, <laughs> the passionate Cody is the better Cody of everybody. So <laughs> I told, I told you, we were texting earlier talking about, you know, when we were going to record and stuff and, uh, you said something. I said, you're going to see a different Cody tonight than you're used to seeing. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, fire it up, baby. Let's go. Uh, all right. You can follow me on Twitter at RJ Via Gomez. There's a link in my bio with everything, everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's in between media, whether it's Sportsbook Review, all that stuff is in the bio. Join us in the Discord, sg.pn slash Discord. And uh, yeah, let's have some fun uh, in Vegas, shall we? It'll be 
It'll be good to just brush the, the dirt off of ourselves from, uh, from the Roval. But, all right, we'll see you tomorrow for the betting episode. Let's go racing. Let it ride.